Hello and welcome to Let's Talk MedTech, the premier podcast for the medical device and diagnostic industry. My name is Omar Ford and I'm the host for this episode. I'm also the editor-in-chief of MDDI, an online publication owned by Informa that covers the medical device and diagnostic industry. On this episode of Let's Talk MedTech, we're going to be speaking with Marie Sines, president and CEO of Hyperfine. Hyperfine has developed Swoop, a point-of-care MRI that's also been called Big Tech in a Small Package. Marie is going to discuss its impact as well as talk about her storied career. This is a great conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. So let's jump right into it. Let's talk MedTech with Hyperfine's Marie Signs. Well, welcome to Let's Talk MedTech, Maria. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for joining us. You know, I want to talk all about Hyperfine and your vision, but first I want to talk about your career in MedTech. Um, could you talk a little bit about your entry into the industry and what made you decide to become involved in MedTech? So my entry into the industry was through uh, sales and marketing. So I'm one of those that carry the bag early in my career, <laughs> both for pharmaceuticals and medical technology. And I found it incredibly compelling to be in, in business while doing something good for patients, for health, um, across the variety of uh, uh, therapeutic areas I have been involved with. So it sort of, if it bit me and it stayed with me for the last 35 years or so. Now, I, I've got to ask you this, what device was hot or what device was popular uh, or cutting edge when you began your med tech career? For me, when I started, um, the talk was all around drug eluding stents. So, so I would say actually bare metal stents. So I guess wow. I, I, I predate you. <laughs> yeah, bare metal stents, cool. It was the first time we were leaving something behind in the cath lab, and that felt like jumping out of the cliff without a parachute. Uh, yeah, I, I remember drug eluding stents. Uh, I was writing about them, and my editor at the time. Uh, he said, yeah, you have to talk about DES. I'm like, DES, what is that? Drug eluding stints. And don't forget the hyphen. Uh, just a little journalism joke there. But yeah, um, it um, that was the popular technology. I feel like people were coming into the industry now. Uh, what's going to be popular is maybe um, continuous glucose monitors or even artificial intelligence digital health. Yeah, I think there is a lot to be said about artificial intelligence and deep learning and how that really takes what I have always thought about medical technology to a to a different level of just more continuous improvement and continued improved service to health. Uh, providers, patients, clinicians. Let's jump in and talk about Hyperfine for a little bit and, and your role there. Now, you became CEO in October of 2022, right? Yes. Can you talk about that journey? Sure. I actually was involved with the company as an independent board member for about 10 months prior to taking on uh, the role of president and CEO. So I joined the board of Hyperfine right at the time of uh, the company going public through a DSPAC. And as I said, about 10 months as a board member and a very interesting transition into, into the leadership position because I had um, enough knowledge of what the company was about, what the company had done, what the company could have done. Also felt really comfortable with the team in place and the things that I wanted to do. So 
by nature and through my career, I think have demonstrated to be quite uh, action biased and quick with uh, driving uh, change. And this felt incredibly comfortable because of my knowledge base from my my tenure as a board member prior to becoming the CEO. Now, I want to get into Hyperfine's technology, specifically Swoop. That's the world's first FDA cleared portable MRI. Can you talk a little bit about the device and how it's so transformative? Sure. So um, conventional MRI is um, it's an interesting experience. It requires uh, a hospital or, or a clinic to uh, provide a, a very shielded and protected room, very often in the basement. Um, patients actually have to go inside that tunnel. And for the most part, it's a bit of a traumatic patient experience. A lot of patients report uh, claustrophobia, but it is a very valuable diagnostic imaging modality. In the U.S. alone, um, with some of the fluctuations associated with COVID, I would say there's somewhere between 30 and 40 million MRI scans performed every year. And of those, somewhere between six and nine million of them are in the brain. So clearly there's tremendous uh, medical utility and diagnostic value to performing the scans. Where soup comes in is in totally transforming that experience for the providers, the clinicians, and the patients in that we bring the MRI to the patient. We do not require a shielded environment. It is on wheels. It can go from one critical care unit to another across the hallway, down an elevator, through uh, hospital doors. And for the most part right now, it's being used in critical care. So it just goes right behind a critical care patient bed and the patient's head is scooched into our unit. The scan is performed there with most of the equipment still connected connected to the patient without any transport and uh, and the ability to then get clinically relevant, relevant imaging to be able to make a clinical decision uh, right there and then. So we transform MRI by making it um, available, accessible, affordable, and we don't intend to compete with conventional MRI. I like to say we are there when, when the conventional one isn't there or when it would take too long to get there. Um, so so that, that's really the story behind uh, our soup system. The patient experience is also very different. Uh, you could hold the hand of a patient while they're having a scan and comfort them and make sure that they feel everything is okay. We hear that often when the scan patient is a child and their pa- parents can hold their hand. Yes, I can imagine so. And, you know, my daughter um, had to have a scan one time before and you know it was tough she was very afraid um she was very nervous and 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 scared and so yeah that means all the difference in the world to have someone a parent or a loved one sitting beside you and holding your hand during this time i wonder now if we can talk a little bit about your plans and your vision for hyperfine of course so as i say we bring we bring the uh mri uh, scan to to the patient uh mm-hmm. right now we're focused primarily on scanning the brain um but the opportunities to scan other parts of the body over time are really 
endless. So I see two ways in which um, the soup is going to evolve first across a variety of clinical applications or indications, and then into a very, very wide variety of sites of care, which as you think about taking it globally, it just multiplies given the infrastructure that exists in some countries uh, around healthcare. We're talking about anywhere from a critical care unit now down to the emergency department, out into community clinics that don't have a scan today, possibly on mobile care units and 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 on and on and on. It reminds me a little bit of my experience with uh, external defibrillators where they used to be on a big cart in a hospital just to get a patient back from a cardiac arrest. And now uh, there's one right outside my door in a little red canvas bag strapped to the wall in case one of our employees here has uh, an event. So uh, I, I I can't wait for the day where soups are literally everywhere. Yeah, and, and that brings up an excellent point. You know, we're bringing care to the patient in more ways than one, and it's not taking up that much real estate. And although I know you mentioned earlier you weren't competing with uh, with MRIs, um, traditional MRIs, you know, it's important to note that you take up less space. That, that is correct. We, we definitely take less space. We definitely mm-hmm. take less remodeling and shielding of <laughs> yes. rooms, which is, which is uh, uh, expensive, but it also requires that real state and it requires some time to fit those environments to be suitable uh, uh, to host uh, an MRI uh, machine. Uh, so we literally can just wheel into any medical facility or any facility for that matter and just plug it into uh, an outlet and and be ready to scan uh, with the help of an iPad, which is an incredibly user-friendly uh, interface. Yes, yes. That, that's that's real that's awesome and that's pretty cool too uh just to see the technology um being miniaturized uh so to speak or just being put in a place where you can move it um very easily i, I think that's the future of med tech taking some of these larger bulkier solutions and making them smaller so they can be with the patient so they can be mobile you know i only think that that's going to grow in the future and, and it has been growing since Um, I want to switch gears for a second, and I want to talk about, now, I know you've had a lengthy career, a significant career in med tech, but I want to ask you this. When you look at the challenges that the industry faces today, layoffs, supply chain issues, inflation, a pandemic, (laughs) um, has there ever been a time that mirrored or came close to this? And I know I'm stretching it when I say a pandemic because because that probably hasn't happened. But when you see the other headwinds, um, has there ever been a time that has has just remotely been like this challenging? Probably you're right. The the combination of all of the above makes it uniquely challenging. But when I where I really think having been in this industry for as many years as I have, maybe the pandemic is one where I tend to take the tailwinds more than the headwinds. And I realized that given the challenges that has brought to healthcare, 
technology can rise to the occasion and actually become an ally to the transformation that healthcare needs to, to have so that we can't just take staffing for granted, access for granted, proximity for granted anymore. So I have seen uh, an emergence and a, a thriving of technologies that I wouldn't say replace, but really close the gap from the healthcare that we all took for granted pre-pandemic to what we're seeing now with, with the challenges. I mean, think about supply chain alone. There, there was an opportunity to rationalize um, inventories and, and part numbers across the industry to make sure that we were really manufacturing those that were the really important products. Think about the ability to uh, or the impossibility of having sales personnel walk into accounts and we started seeing an avail, a proxy, companies like that being able to say, well, we'll, we'll just bring you into the OR to train a physician uh, via via uh, uh, a monitor or via your phone or your iPad. Uh, and in our case, uh, I really think that not only can we just be there, but if you think about it, whether we like it or not, internet works everywhere. Yes. If we have a soup somewhere where the physician could be 700 miles away, a medical professional could be really far away, we're making it so that someone could push the button, obtain the images, the internet would transfer those images so that someone remotely can make a decision as to what that patient should do before the patient even goes through costly, cumbersome, complicated transformation just to see whether they should really transport be transported for care or not. So the beauty of what we do is, is be able to bring it to, to the patient, but I would say bring it to the patient really anywhere, everywhere, so that then the decision can be made as to how to triage that patient for optimizing the care and, and the help they might need. Yeah, it's, you know, I think the technology, what we've seen throughout this time uh, since COVID hit and we faced all these headwinds, I think we've seen that the technology is key in bringing us forward. And I do agree with you on that. Um, we've seen so many advancements or and we've seen so uh, we've seen remote patient monitoring take so many different leaps and digital health and telemedicine. We've just seen that grow by leaps and bounds, not only um, advances, but acceptance as well. You know, telemedicine is now becoming commonplace and I don't think we're going to call it telemedicine anymore. I think we're just going to, you know, or remote patient monitoring. I think it's going to be called patient monitoring. And um, I, I can't coin that phrase. I have to give credit to Jim Malt, who was on, Dr. Jim Malt, who was on here um, a few few months ago for biointelligence. And he was saying how the industry is changing and how these headwinds have are going to make it normal for us to drop the remote patient monitoring, the digital health, um, you know, titles and just call it patient monitoring, you know, healthcare. So, uh, yeah, it's tr a tremendous change. Yeah. As I said, I think it's it's it, they could be written as uh, headwinds, but if you tend to be as positive as I like to be, they can <laughs> very clearly con be converted and enabled through technology to become 
tailwinds and to become things that increase the sense of urgency around the changes that uh, are going to render care better for, again, for patients, uh, for providers and, and, and the medical professionals as well. Of course. And forgive me, I'm a journalist, so I'm always pessimistic. <laughs> you know, I'm always pessimistic. So uh, but but that positivity that you have, I'm sure that that comes in handy. And, you know, as a leader, when we're looking at all of these different, um, I'll say tailwinds occurring in the industry, um, how do you keep up morale or how do you interact with the team and how do you bring that positivity uh, up front and foster it? So, uh, there's a few things. I mean, uh, business-wise, I operate with tremendous amount of focus. I think it is really important that we narrow down what needs to happen to be successful and bring it down to a relatively short list. But once we know what that is, there really is an impetus to make sure that there's a lot of transparency and communication to make sure that anyone around me in the organization has a very, very clear understanding of what those priorities are and how we win. And, and with that, I think people start really feeling part of the, the vision, the mission, the winning ticket. And uh, so I like to be very present. I like to be very transparent. Um, it is interesting in a more hybrid or virtual world how that has proven to be somewhat uh, more, more challenging. Um, I'm actually talking to you today from Guilford, Connecticut, which is where we which is where we have um, most of our technical team. But I also have a very large team virtually and mm -hmm. uh, and I've gone out of my way to find opportunities to interact with people via Zoom or face to face as appropriate, just so that people get to know me and feel like I am approachable, accessible, but also incredibly transparent about the challenges, the opportunities, the priorities, um, uh, the, the headwinds and the tailwinds. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Maria, thanks for coming on to Let's Talk MedTech. This has been an incredible conversation, and I'm sure I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing all about the good things uh, from Hyperfine coming up in the recent months and over the next few years. Well, thank you for the interest. I am uh, very, very excited about what lies ahead of us, and thank you for your time today as well. That's it for this episode of Let's Talk MedTech. Thanks again to our guest, Maria Sines, President and CEO of Hyperfine. And visit us at mddionline.com for even more MedTech-related content and all of your MedTech news. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, what are you doing June 13th through the 15th? I know what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be attending IME East at the Jacob Javits Convention Center in New York. IME East is a six-in-one design and manufacturing expo that's designed to give you a comprehensive view of the product lifecycle from prototype to production. Come explore the latest insights and solutions spanning medtech, packaging, automation, plastics, design, and quality. It's going to be an awesome time, and I can't wait to see you there. For more information, check out IamEngineeringEast.com. That's IamEngineeringEast.com.